Hello everyone and welcome back to Being the Impact podcast by Artemis. In today's episode we will continue our conversation with Tasha. Today we will be focusing more on how we can connect different players in the social impact sector that is NGOs, volunteers, companies, government in a more effective way and we together as a society can be more impactful. So let's continue this conversation. We will be talking in more detail with Tasha about the community she founded, Dream It Project, right? Yes. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. Okay. So, can you tell me a little bit more about it? And like everyone who is listening to us, that what is Dream It Project about? Ah, okay. And uh, so, uh, basically, it's um, it started because. I feel it myself when I was already in third year, around third year of university, I was like thinking, um, I don't think this is the right thing that I want to do. I, I don't think I'm on at the right place now in biological engineering. <laughs> so <laughs> you were not enjoying tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, I asked the other people around me too. I asked my other friends and they were like, a lot of people have been saying the same thing like, oh, probably when I graduate, I'm going to do something else or I don't think I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things that I got from that. And then I asked them, why do you think it's, it's happening, right? Mm. So most of them were say, uh, telling me, oh, I think because when I choose my major, like t- a couple years ago, uh, when I just graduated from high school, it mm-hmm. was, I, I chose it because of my friends. I chose mm. it because my family, my parents, or I chose it because um, at things, um, the career will be good for me, will give me a lot of money and stuff like that. Yeah, it, so I guess like a lot of times we go for a yeah. stable, safer option, right? Exactly, and it's exactly. Also, I think it's also a very, uh, I don't want to bring this element, but it's also a very Eastern thing. I mean, I understand that coming <laughs> from India that, you know, since the beginning we've been sort of brought up in a way that, okay, when you grow up, you have to choose a stable option. Exactly. You know, you can earn a certain amount of money, you can have like a respectable position to support your family and so on. So, so I think it's very natural when we are, we're very risk aversive in our career choices. Exactly. So that's a lot, why a lot of us end up going for uh, engineering or medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Doctors, engineering, or teachers, or yeah, Yeah. just those lanes. Yeah. Right? So I, I think, uh, I'm happy you brought up about the career choice because that's exactly what, what we thought like oh maybe because of this hmm. because of uh, when we were in high school we didn't get enough information we didn't get enough um, channels we didn't get enough tools to understand exactly what is my passion is like what I'm interested in what is what what are like I'm good at doing like the skills and then after that it's going to help you define your career choice right so um, I talked to my friends in psychology I mean you know this better than me <laughs> so they, they, they told me there's a lot of theories for that one of it is the career uh, let me check my cheat sheet words. <laughs> career decision making difficulties by um, Itamargati, as I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. There's a lot of other theories too. They've been telling me this, and I was like, 
okay then how we can like kind of help solving it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so Uh, we went to high schools um, in it's in Jatinangor in Sumedang. It's like not very far from Bandung. That's where ITB and Unpad and then IPDN in Open is. And then uh, we went to this high school where uh, I talked to some of the students there. I talked to some of the teachers there, and most of the students were like telling me when I asked them, uh, "What do you want to do after graduation?" And they were like. I don't know. Let's just see mm. later, or mm. just maybe I'm just gonna be the factory worker. So it's like they have decided to invest three years of their life exactly. in something, so much money in something, and they're not sure after that if they want to kind of work in the same career or not. I mean, we've all done that. Like yes, yeah, exactly. But uh, but it's yeah. If if we knew better, we might not have done it. Yes. Right? So um. So we talked to their teachers, especially their uh. How do you call it? The the career development beka in in Indonesia is like being on career Carter. counselors. Career counselor. Yes. Uh. We call it beka. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh yeah, I think we're still like kind of need to help our students to see how they can explore, right? Mm-hmm. So we we came up with the um, these tools, these modules. With we're working not only with students in psychologies, but those that's uh, going through their thesis and master degree, and then some of the teachers also in psychology department in Pajajaran University, and then we're building these tools to help them to kind of find out uh, what are the my passion, what are my skills, and then after that uh, defining their dreams, mm. and after that also to create their individual development plan, like aptitude test. Yes, exactly yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So um, we make it as simple as possible, so mm. they can use it later on also right? mm. in their life. I mean, uh, sometimes you're gonna change in like four or five years, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but if they know they have these tools, they know they have these channels, they know about these informations that mm-hmm. they can explore. Mm-hmm. It's easier for them to find it out themselves. Yeah, so what yeah, we're definitely. like, we're just facilitating them basically. Yeah. I mean, I know the first time I found out about aptitude test was when I was a psychology student and I had to <laughs> and I had to learn how to administer that test when I was in school and that's many years back so it was like many years back many many a decade back <laughs> more than a decade back okay anyway <laughs> so yeah back then i mean at least from the school i was in in india uh, they did not they did not even have career counselors like now it's compulsory for schools for real yeah now in india like i think after i passed out a year or so after that like uh, the school boards and stuff made it compulsory for mm. schools to have career counselors so i hope things are better now but uh, when back then we didn't have career counselors so yeah. we just and we had to pick up a one field when we were in 16 year old uh, exactly. because when you're in high school you have to choose your specific division that you want to follow through and then after that depending on that you sort of decide what you want to do in your university and it's like it's It's at 16 you are taking know, a decision I mean, of what you want to do ha- your entire how life. How do you tell a 16 years old to figure out something that's going to affecting the rest of their life? Yeah, you don't know It's yourself. It's complicated. And, and you're going to change, right? I I know from my personal experience that from the age 16 to 22, 23 were the most defining years of my life because yeah. I changed a lot 
during that time and you so so maybe that i know i didn't follow through my high school specialization i didn't follow through my university specialization so <laughs> so so you know you have an example right here right now <laughs> of what happens when you take decisions when you're 16 or 18 exactly right it's it's not easy so uh we figured that out so we think how how we can like just telling them there's this channels there's these tools that mm. you can use later on mm. if you're like kind of in that life crisis yeah. <laughs> so so that was the main idea yes exactly dreamit project so we we want them to kind of like follow uh their dreams mm-hmm. to, uh, based on whatever they like whatever they they want to do whatever they uh, uh good at and we're never telling them to that you have to go to university after you graduate right because we believe also education knowledge is everywhere um it's not limited in formal schools hmm. so yeah hmm. okay yeah yeah that's very interesting so okay so the main idea was that you as students realize that what you were doing <laughs> in something that i'm not bio, enjoying bio engineering school is something you're not enjoying and something that you definitely don't want to do your entire life exactly right? so then uh, so how did it work so you like got together with your friends ah, and yes so uh, it's it's actually it started because of um I I have the idea. Uh I asked around with my friends just like chit chat and stuff with uh friends that I know. Mm-hmm. And then after that um I'm very lucky basically because I have this like small circle of friends that also interested in education, child and youth development. Um they're way more experienced than me. Mm. They've been like volunteering in a lot of organizations. So I told them about the ideas and they were like that's very interesting. Mm. And and they were like let's let's actually create it let's make it right so i was like okay cool but we're all engineering students <laughs> so we were like we don't know all the theories we don't understand all the, what we, what we need to do yeah. what kind of the methods how do yeah. we approach it yeah. so i found my friends that are mm. in psychology and from him basically mm. well i was think of him as the co-founder because yeah. a lot of ideas is coming from him mm-hmm. and that's that's how it all started so mm-hmm. we talked to a lot of people uh we talked to a lot of others uh, organizations to kind of start it uh mm-hmm. because well this actually one of the things that I want to share with you guys especially when you wanted to start just do it don't have to like hesitate too much mm-hmm. and then don't delay it because mm-hmm. just start it it's it's a learning process still But the point is um you can do that you can try whatever you want to try but just make sure what you're doing is not creating a uh, a more bigger problems in the society that's mm. one thing But how can you be sure without trying if it will create some problems or exactly, not Exactly right, right? It's, it's um, like I mean no one starts from thinking that this is going to create problem but sometimes <laughs> sometimes you start doing things and you're like oops it's creating more problems so i guess it's oh, <laughs> uh, made mistake yeah 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 but you just have to put in mind that uh i mean you're doing it but you also have very like you have to be very uh how do you say cautious and stuff to like what you're doing yeah yeah so in case something happened mm. <laughs> so you know how to find it for problems yeah. uh, find a help for mm. fixing mm. the problems mm. right mm. and the other things like 
do not live in your own bubble yeah. you also mentioned that because um if you're going around and you also find other organizations that are actually addressing the same issues mm-hmm. that's a good thing because yeah. you're not imagining the uh, issues Issue, right 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 <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely true so uh, so how long did you work on it and what were some of the things that oh. you think what were your main goals that you set out and how did you write those goals and um we started in 2000 at the end of 2016 mm-hmm. um i think it was started in november december mm-hmm. uh i was very lucky also because i got this um actually it's supposed to be a scholarship for me <laughs> you know i i, <laughs> I know i know how you got this <laughs> but i wasn't sure if you would like to share it so i was like huh maybe i should not ask her but okay uh, go ahead i'm sorry share it, share it. go <laughs> so ahead actually, it's, it's very inspiring actually what you did it's so. supposed to be for my uh tuition <laughs> it's a scholarship for my tuition guys um but i know i'm really good at doing fundraising uh but i i think i'm pretty good at writing down papers and stuff so i wrote that mm. <laughs> i wrote those papers i sent it out um so i got this 20 millions rupees of um scholarship for tuition <laughs> i feel bad now okay no i mean <laughs> like you could have used that in any way and you decided yes, to use exactly. it for something good so i think you should be proud of yourself and don't But feel bad don't worry it. guys uh, because uh, i found another scholarship <laughs> to pay for my tuition so that tuition really helps uh, the communities going and actually like so building you took the money from your scholarship and you disfunded <laughs> this organization exactly. which, is, which is really good i mean i i really kind of respect that Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, you know, as a young kid, there are so many things that you might be distracted with that you might want to do with those 20 million yes. rupees and you decided to take that <laughs> and put it in a good thing and to help yeah. others. So Well, I told my mom, I was like, "Mom, I got like 20 millions." And she was like, "What do you want to do with that? Uh, isn't it supposed to be for your tuition?" Yeah. I was like, "Well, I can find another scholarship for that." <laughs> Let me just find oh, another okay. one. Okay, I will I will give another paper. I will give yeah. another one. I will get another one. I believe in myself. <laughs> that's, so I got another one yeah. and use that for the uh, communities. That's and amazing. Then, yes, I I gather with my friends. We started with that um our dreams actually in the beginning is not that we we don't want to start too big we don't want to start too fancy mm. we want to start small so we find um if we try to find just one school that at, we think uh, really need our help and click with us so uh we found the teachers that actually have the same dreams with us the same vision and then we started from there uh and we didn't set up like really big goals we just said that uh, hopefully by the end uh, our assessment tools at the end um and then three months after the program's ends we will be showing at least like 10% of the students there uh, actually could find what they want to do after they graduate mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um so we set up the goals and then Um I'm very happy actually we we didn't start too big because it can be very stressful if yeah. you wanted to do yeah take the baby steps and then uh work into that mm. and then um we created our assessment tools ourselves with mm. the help of the uh, uh teachers from mm-hmm. university and that I think that was wonderful because um it's very important you guys don't do s- um 
sometimes people think that oh I've been doing the same thing at the same place for the same people for 10 years mm. and they're very proud about it actually I think it's not something that you can be proud of because meaning those 10 years you're spending it for nothing mm-hmm. right because the the issues the problem is still the same and whatever you do is not actually solving it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. okay and uh, so other than your friends like you know I'm guessing all your friends who co-founded the, the NGO with you were more or less the same age as you yes right? yes yeah so did you feel like or i mean first question did you have someone more senior than that to guide you through this or was oh. it you all like in early the the teachers the teachers oh so we have one specific teacher actually in a psychology major mm-hmm. that uh, kind of our advisor okay so because we doubt her yeah. i don't think this is still like going yeah like that's what i was wondering right that i mean when you're 20 something you have a lot of ideas but you don't exactly. have like ways or structures to put those ideas yes. into action so how important it is to have that kind of like ecosystem like a mentor or an advisor exactly. to network guide network. you <laughs> yeah i think it's and uh, right now i think it's very uh I know there's a lot of uh, how do you call it, like incubation yeah incubators yeah like, incubators yeah, yeah. and stuff uh, like Ashoka uh-huh. like uh, specifically for startups there's also a lot of things yes, uh, like maybe and therefore um, there's just yeah, a lot yeah, of out yeah. there that I think you guys need to also start looking into that hmm, when hmm. you're starting your community hmm. yeah I think it's important to find people who complement your skills and so we everyone can work together to achieve those goals because like you cannot be like a master of all skills so so it's yes. important to find those people who complement your skills who complement your aspirations exactly and then filling in the gaps yes and yeah. then work with that so did you now i mean as an organizer as an ngo founder or co-founder did you work with volunteers yes, yes. we work uh, we recruited about uh 24 26 i think okay of volunteers over like over a certain period of time so uh we have six months commitment uh-huh. but basically our core members also volunteers right? yeah, yeah of course yes. everyone and then we recruited 26 people for mm-hmm. kind of like filling the some of the divisions and then after that they also do the uh, mentorship okay for the students in the high school ah, okay, okay, yes okay, right. so um and that's six months period mm. and Now you had been a volunteer your entire life and you were right now playing maybe two roles like you were a volunteer in the organization in your yeah. own organization but obviously you were you were kind of recruiting those volunteers you were yes. working with them you were training them how was it to be on the other side of the table <laughs> now i know in the podcast today you're not on the other side of the table but in that situation metaphorically how was it to be on the other side of the table when you were an organizer it's more frustrating it's more frustrating okay that's i mean that's good to know why that's why do you think a lot think? more challenges there it's yeah. so crazy i don't know i mean how do you sometimes you can even maintain yourself you can even manage yourself but you have to manage another uh, 30 heads with different ideas with different yeah. opinion with yeah. different background with different sometimes different hmm. age or something and hmm. different culture because indonesia is very wide very yeah, rich with the culture so right. 
oh my god <laughs> it's, it's crazy and then uh, like I say you have to think about the programs you think hmm. you have to think about the fundraising hmm. you have to think about the 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 capital like the human resources that we have uh, there's a lot of challenges basically there yeah but okay so do you think that your experience as a volunteer somehow helped you understand that what your volunteers might be looking for in a better way and uh, you know yes do yes. some things differently than what your organizers might have done uh actually it's it's the the experience that i had is actually really helping me a lot on seeing that um the volunteers must have something that they expected from us as an organizers right hmm. so uh the things that i try to do it differently is every um i started with with my members my my core members uh in the beginning uh the first thing i asked them is not what type of roles that you want to uh, contribute with uh, i always ask them what is your expectation first, mm. right mm. um what do you want to do what do you want to achieve throughout these six months mm. and mm. then sh- they, they they gave me a lot of ideas one of them saying that i want to lead also the programs mm. Uh, mm. i don't want to just like doing stuff in the background but i want to lead that as mm. as the leader for that day mm. right mm. so that's exactly uh, what i gave her yeah okay. yeah so like you figured out what was missing from your experience exactly and that's what you decided. yes okay. yes and going back to the point where you mentioned that a lot of time organizers don't share the impact and don't follow through communication after the activity gets over was that something you took into account was that something yes. you were able to do yes uh and I took that into account, but didn't really do it very well. <laughs> <laughs> I know the hard, uh, the hard part of that. Uh, when I was as a volunteer, I've been saying that, oh, why don't they like giving me any updates or something? Mm-hmm. Then when I was the organizer, I realized that myself that mm. this is so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's very complicated. I mean, even ourselves, we're doing the assessment tools and stuff. Um, to change because it's it's career development right mm. there's a lot i you understand that more i'm pretty sure um you gain the the information is very like qualitative yeah and then you kind of have to change it into more quantitative side yeah and it's very difficult that i don't even understand <laughs> <laughs> so um it's basically and you have to also translate that to people that's not learning psychologists for their for, so for the past yes. uh, four years, so they understand what is it mm, about, mm, right? Mm, yeah, and yeah. that's very hard also yeah. to kind of like tell. And then after that, um, it's it's also hard to kind of maintain the communications because in your WhatsApp group or line group, you're not very sure whether they're actually reading your message or mm, not. Well, mm. now you can see who's reading it. But they're not gonna be like answering you and stuff. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's very challenging too. Yeah. So sometimes that lack of following through the communication exactly. also happens from the volunteer yes, side, yes. and you are not being able to follow through that. <laughs> hmm. That's. I mean, but that's the good thing, right? Because you've been on both sides now, so you understand the challenges of both sides. So so you're not just gonna sit here and complain about something that's happening, and you actually know from the other side also that why this is happening so exactly. when you understand the why finding solutions becomes easier right because it's easy to complain about that okay this is happening but you don't know what is happening you don't have the desire to kind of like you know 
yeah. fix it. So when I you complain know, a lot. <laughs> we all do. We all do. Like, <laughs> yeah. But we, when you understand the why, you can actually try to find solutions for it. If you exactly. Want to. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, that's really interesting. So, but as an organizer of a small grassroots community, as young students, I mean, yes, like you. You had the desire to do it, so you decided to take your tuition fee and use that as a funding, right? But maybe not many people, even if they want to do it, they would probably not be able to get that kind of funding, right? Exactly. A lot of, a lot of times, students would not be maybe able to get that funding. So then what was like, you know, where do you feel you could have got more support from the overall larger ecosystem or from mm. the society other key players other key players it could be maybe larger organizations it could be companies uh, companies it could be the government it could be maybe you got some tech that would have helped you mm. be more effective so where do you feel you were lacking some sort of support from the other players in the ecosystem that might have yes. helped you and your organization or your community to be more effective to be more impactful yes um, I realized there's like three big challenges I think for especially like small grassroots movements first is the funding of course mm. it's very hard to kind of like um, even connect with a CSR with a company you're sending out proposal especially when you're like just like a university student it's very hard to like kind of um, attract their attention to even look at into your proposals right mm. And it's even harder to get the money, hmm. right? So um, I think it would be great if uh, there's any type of platform that can help us to kind of build our own track record, hmm. build our own um, portfolio, and that from that, uh, the other side of the key players, which is the companies, CSR, donors, and stuff like that, can be easily see that, and we can connect easier f with them. Mm. Uh, that's one thing. So mm. that's one challenge with the funding. The other f uh, challenge, I think, is about commitment that I already mentioned before. And then, but that's a challenge that everybody is facing. And I don't think until now uh, there's actually like a rigid uh, solution for that. Mm. But I think um, with appreciation and stuff that could also works, but not very like. 100% sure yeah, also, yeah. right? I think just adding on to your point about commitment, what I feel is that, I mean, commitment from people working with you is an issue that not just NGOs face, it's it's also that a corporate, a company, exactly, anyone right? would face, right? But I think it's about realizing that there would be certain people who would be committed, there would be certain people who would not be committed. Exactly. And it's creating an environment where actually you do your best to make sure that the commitment is reached and then kind of knowing that people who actually would be able to come like basically being able to like like you know when you clean out wheat or something like you want to take out the bad elements i mean i'm using the word bad elements but so you take out the extra elements so yeah. so it's kind of creating that environment where you able to sift through so you know who are the committed ones and who are like maybe not committed ones so you know where to focus your energy. So I think at least as an organizer, you try to create still the best environment in the hope that 
at least you will not lose out on everyone you know for example if you decide just to give up being like ah oh, no you know what they're always going to be not committed so i just give up <laughs> then even if like one organizer or one sorry one volunteer joins who's actually really committed who actually wants to make a difference yes. you would not be able to sort of hone them or encourage them to do their best so even and that one volunteer can make a lot of difference so exactly. i think as an organizer it's also important to realize that everyone matters and you cannot just yeah. give up thinking that it's all going to be bad so i just don't know when want to try something <laughs> it's about realizing that you know what i give my best and maybe even if one volunteer comes around who will do their best who will probably stick around with the ngo for exactly. next 5 years because they got something good in return and because it yes, is they got yes. encouraged so that's still a win according to me yeah i, I think um and also how i see from what i've been working in artemis to mm-hmm. um i've been also talking with a couple ngos especially the big ones there's this uh two words that have been coming up which is the capacity building mm-hmm. um that's one of the thing that a lot of organization been trying to kind of uh focus more into building that commitment it's mm. it's one of the goal right but mm. the other goals is actually uh building this human resources to not just like volunteer for them for that 6 months but what if, uh, after that what's going to happen mm. right mm. so they're building their um their capacity they're building their personality they're building mm. their attitude they're building their interests uh they're building their skills to be able to kind of like after those six months after those one year of um commitment with the organization you will do something even mm. bigger mm. out there right and the capacity building itself uh is actually making you closer with each other so there's mm. no gap anymore in between mm. the organizers mm. and the volunteers mm. And that's very interesting. Yeah. The other thing I think uh one of the, like biggest challenges for um organizers also especially is about the sustainability, right? Um like I mentioned before, I think um a lot of organizations they've been doing a lot of things for the past 10 years but they're not actually s- trying to see what are the impacts, right? Mm. Uh doing the assessment and stuff mm-hmm. and then even in the beginning when they're doing the uh, the first assessment the pre-assessment to kind of like figuring out what kind of programs what kind of ways to solve this uh issues mm-hmm. uh they're not doing the assessments very well either so uh the activities you do actually not answering the real problems mm-hmm. so it's very hard to you know get that sustainability yeah and yeah. a lot of people been thinking like sustainability meanings that the program will last for the <laughs> next 10 years for the next 15 years <laughs> while actually sustainability yeah. is more of into um the impacts itself right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's that's really interesting actually yeah because you could i mean yes of course if you have one goal that you with which you decide to start the organization and if for 10 years you're striving towards that same goal exactly and you don't know where you have reached how you have reached there what have you done so far then it's longevity but it's not effectiveness it's exactly. not being impactful and i think um a lot of key players like ngos companies even like uh tech platform can be like really useful for mm. bringing into that sustainability mm. uh, like ngo itself i know they have like a lot of assessment tools that they can actually share mm. for those like grassroots small communities that have been doing stuff um there are social mapping tools that you guys can use or even just like 
simple SWOT when you like figure out mm. the strength, the weakness, opportunity, and threats, yeah. and then it is very simple. Everybody can do that, but how how you can make it like very um, how do you say it? like creating what kind of actually you can do with that and finding the solutions, right? Mm. I think the big NGOs would. They know those kind of things, but mm. the, the transfer of knowledge to the small communities is very um, difficult. Yeah, yeah. And then the uh, company itself, I know they they understanding those kind of things too, and the platform. I think if there's a technology that can capture every single data, every single um, you know information out there, mm. that would be very helpful to kind of giving you the oversight of what you've been mm. doing, mm. and you know how to improve from that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think you've said a few interesting things, and that kind of the two main things that came to my mind when you said that was that okay, one is that maybe it's do you think it's advisable for like communities to I mean work on smaller goals, you know maybe you can have one big goal and then break those grow break that big goal down into smaller goals so it's easier to track it's easier to sort of measure that okay in this. Maybe in five years we want to be here, but the first six months we need to be able to do this. Then the next twelve months we need to be able to reach this milestone. So breaking that big goal down into smaller goals, at least for smaller communities and even for big ones, I think can help yeah. you sort of be more effective. See, okay, if you know that you you haven't been able to reach your second milestone already, then you know something's going wrong. Whereas if you decide you have one big goal and you will reach that in five years and if you try to measure it after five years so many things could have gone wrong and you would I not know, even exactly. know i think um that's one of the challenge in the, uh, the the social sector right now there's a lot of communities that i know i say to you guys just do it <laughs> but that doesn't mean you guys just doing whatever you can do without actually understanding why you're doing it and uh, how it can help the society right and um i i think if you're just relying on that good feeling that you will receive after you're doing that that's not enough guys mm-hmm. that's, um i mean i know you will feel that and but that's that's n- not gonna help every single people right yeah. that's gonna be helping you to sleep better on that night <laughs> but i don't know if that's gonna be helpful for the society or not yeah, so yeah, yeah. please be more you know just like trying to find out there's a lot of tools mm-hmm. there's a lot of um organizations out there that are already understanding that very well mm. um there's also a lot of other organizations that i think uh they've been doing a lot of things and having the exact tools that you guys maybe if you ask them i think they will definitely help you guys like well there's a couple organizations that i think that would be great if you can check out uh, they have a lot of great concept too with their programs like I know you like know Asri, right? Alam mm, Sahata mm. study. They're very cool in the uh, environment and medical uh, health and well-being. There's also Salam. I think uh, one of our guests in the previous episode mentioned them also. They're Sanggar Anak Alam in Jogja, and then IBK, like Institute Business Economy Krakyatan. You guys definitely need to check that out. Yeah, too. yeah. I think uh, you again like make an interesting point here, which I feel is. which i feel is lacking is right now is this sharing of knowledge exactly there is like we have this so many players in 
in the world right and yeah. in indonesia itself there are so many players you thousands, you on right? a day to day to day basis are working with like 150 <laughs> organizations so we know and it, i think i feel that what's lacking is that in this sector like there is no common place where they all come together where they can share that knowledge and where they can actually help each other because yes. because i mean the ecosystem exists in the sense but we are all acting as our own planets as it's, our own yeah, satellites our own but bubble. yes but we are not i mean i think we can be sort of like a food chain but we are not working in that we are just working in silos we exist in the same space there's no chains actually there there is no chain connected. there is no chain right yeah. like and no one is trying to work so for example if like one young person right now is trying to start their own community they could have been so much more effective if they can get support from say a bigger organization like more yeah. experience or like even just the same small organization yeah, yeah, that you guys yeah. doing together yeah or you guys just like sharing uh, and building the content together, building the module together. That's that's very yeah, helpful. Yeah. Also. I mean, just from your example, like you had the idea, but if you had not met that friend who was from psychology, who exactly. could have actually helped you implement that idea, it nothing, none of this would have happened, right? Yes. So, and if you look at it from bigger perspective, I think it just makes so much more sense for all these players to work together, and that that kind of sort of takes me into our next section our last section where i mean it's so interesting your journey you have worked as a volunteer then you worked as an ngo founder I mean, not an ngo but a community <laughs> like in terms of legal terms and now you are acting as a liaison between corporates ngos and a social tech provider right yes. so you are like this it's confusing isn't it guys <laughs> i know i'm confused too <laughs> you're confused about a lot of things in life this is just one of them <laughs> i confuse and complain about a lot of things in life that's that's right yeah yeah so but okay so you have been talking to each one of them individually yes and from your perspective now how do you think that these different players can work together to be more effective and where do you think are the need gaps for example that these people can fill in for each other maybe mm. maybe corporates want to do something but they don't have the capacity because that's not their main business to exactly right yes. and maybe ngos want to do certain things but they lack certain other skills and there are social tech providers who are trying to get into all this but but you know there is like there is sometimes no communication at all sometimes there is communication but there are certain barriers because you mm. know historically these three players actually four players if you include the government they're not have, good with each other <laughs> they're not could be, have they have worked with their own motives right yes. and they haven't tried to work together for the larger good of the society to, they're all working maybe individually for the good of the society but they have always been at say like logheads with each other <laughs> where, where they haven't tried to sort of work together to fill in these gaps maybe in some yeah, cases they yeah. have maybe it didn't work out so what are those gaps do you think from your experience working with Artemis where you've been like for past so many months almost a year now you've been working with these players individually how do you think that it can be more effective if they mm. all work together um I think there's a lot of gaps in between the key players. In the past, uh, the way I see how NGO, their relationship with government and their relationship with companies, 
is always uh, pretty bad. I'm not saying that really bad, but kind of bad <laughs> because they like. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, right? Because um, they're kind of like telling the government you guys not doing really well, and they're telling the companies you guys creating problems, right? Um, and these NGOs, these activists, is trying to kind of like solving their problems. So yeah, they kind of like not very well with each other. But I think uh, the way I see it right now is there's a lot of changes um, actually. I, I talked to a couple, like a lot of NGOs that I talked to, they, they've been saying we would love to work with companies hmm. because one is uh, they understand if they're doing it themselves, if they're doing just with their own, um, it's not gonna solve, uh, well it solves a couple things but it's not gonna be very impactful. Hmm. Uh, let's take example with like plastics, mm. right? Um, these NGOs been doing campaign, been doing a lot of um, raising awareness in classes, schools, in uh, public areas for kind of like telling the uh, the consumers to kind of like not using plastic anymore. But the consumer itself, like, how can I stop using plastic if that's the only thing the produce the the mm. The one that produces it, giving me, right? Mm-hmm. This is what I need, mm-hmm. exactly, right? So um, they know they have to kind of like uh, going into the companies also, and then those big companies like, uh, well, I'm not gonna say the names, but yeah, they they kind of like uh, the activists been telling them also probably we need to work together maybe creating a reusable plastic or use the plastics that already into waste into something else like clothes or maybe for uh, furnitures and stuff like that and i think that's really great because um a lot of ngos been realizing that they need to work together towards the goals mm-hmm. right uh and then the other things is they really understand if they're recruiting volunteers, especially uh, like university students, um, they're still lacking of professional experience, right? Um, maybe they know the, the theories, but then they haven't got the years of uh, the hands-on experience. Mm. So they need the professionals and the professionals working in those companies. Mm. So they need this, the, the, the professionals kind of help them to execute a better programs, mm-hmm. right? So they need the skills of the people. They also need to work together towards the goals, creating the, the, the planning into like creating a better world. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's how I see it right now because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of NGOs been like telling us, uh, do you know like some companies that we can work together and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. from the company side, I know because th- their core business is not doing volunteers. They're doing the business. Yeah. They're uh, they're the industry. They're creating products, so they need help, guys. They need help from the NGOs to kind of like telling them, oh, this is the problems. Mm. Uh, this is the issues. This is what you guys can help us with, mm. and then let's do it together, mm. right? Mm. Um, if not they're probably just gonna like go out to schools and paint the schools for just like one or two hours which is not actually helping anything uh, because they don't really know how to kind of like sell, solve the problems yeah. because they don't know what's the problems itself yeah, right yeah yeah and i guess also a lot of time what happens with companies is that they have their csi initiative they have the intention to do good but like you said they don't know what to do 
so maybe they just end up giving some money to some ngo which exactly. is good which is good because they they need that kind of funding so it works well together but at the same time because there's a lack of sort of being able to measure the impact being able to understand what the problem is then we they are not sure if the money they gave in is being used properly or not or even if it's being used properly if it actually managed to create an impact or not yeah. so i think and that's a that's one field where other players can help right like yeah. there are there are there are sort of like academicians you know who can work together to help understand how to measure this impact there are social tech players now who are trying to do it so i think this is where other players also have a place to get into this system and create a way more effective like yeah. and more impactful yes. like uh, I think nowadays sector. if you working on things on your own that's not gonna create anything guys i mean it's it's the era of collaboration yeah. right yeah yeah definitely definitely and i think um we're still lacking in some stuffs in how you, you just mentioned it that how you can track and actually record every single thing that you're doing mm. in order to understanding what is it actually making an impact mm. like mm. how how it can help the society yeah. right yeah definitely and the funding <laughs> the funding guys i mean a lot of uh, student led organizations that i also talk to they're so frustrated with the money mm. because they have to go to classes but they also want to do something good for the society but how do they get the money even mm. because they're not like they don't have the source of income either yeah, right yeah, yeah yeah it's i mean of course uh, So, no money no honey <laughs> no money no honey true <laughs> okay i think that brings us to the end of this podcast this really interesting <gasps> podcast and i mean as a uh, last question is there anything else that you would like to add uh, is there any advice that you have for young volunteers young founders of ngos or communities yes. that you can help them with Uh I think there's two things that I want to also share with you guys. Uh the first thing I think also Haifa in our first episode from Indonesia Major she mentioned it also how important is the uh, pre-assessment in the beginning when you want to start doing something. It's very very important to do it right. Uh because if you're not doing it right, you're not going to uh comes up with the solutions that actually solving the problems and then the assessment itself it's it's not you just go to that place for once a month because if you're just doing that once a month or even just like once a year um you're not going to get to know what are the real problems there because mm. you're just like listening to what people telling you mm. right mm. without actually understanding so um you have to stay there you have to be like local people <laughs> live there actually that's why um i think in artemis also we believe in hyper local and how uh people that actually live there understanding how to solve the problems because they know the culture they know the environment but um also lo- these local people also have to aware um because they've been there for like so many years they've been there for the their whole lives sometimes they don't know is this the problem or not or they just already so used to it mm-hmm. 
So there's also people from outside can also give that fresh ideas of telling them to mm. kind of like, hey, probably we can work on this together, something mm-hmm. like that. So the assessment is very important, guys. The other thing that I want to share with you guys is actually, um, uh, if you're doing the volunteering right now, there's a lot of people that I'm the organizer, I'm the volunteers, I'm I'm giving something to these people that they call beneficiaries, and they kind of make it feel like they're way more superior than the beneficiaries. Mm. You know what I mean? Like like um, they kind of like. Because beneficiaries are the objects. Yeah, so they're like, okay, we are trying to do something good for you. you. So you better be maybe nice to me. Maybe exactly, to exactly. Okay. That's 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 how it's it's going on right now. I see that a lot, and I mean, I kind of feel sad because of it. Because the volunteering itself, it's two ways of a relationship, guys. It's not just you doing a lot of stuff for the other people. But actually from volunteering, you also gain a lot of things from mm. those people, right? Mm. So never see them as the objects. Never see them as someone that way, like, lower than you. Mm. Because, like, in relationship itself, if you're the, one, the only one that giving things, you're the only one that making efforts, that's not a healthy relationship, mm. right? That's yeah. very toxic. So um, that's not going to make any type of impacts or not going to make any difference mm. for the society. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think that's really interesting what you say that it's it's important to view that you're not just a giver and there are so many things that you are going to be receiving in the end. I mean, even if it's just a simple thing that by volunteering you feel good about yourself, that's good for your self esteem, that's good for your mental setup, that's something you are receiving from yeah. them, from the receivers of your volunteering. So so I think yeah, it's important to realize that it's it's a two way street. And you are not the holy, solely this kind of like, you know, uh, <laughs> saint who's doing something. You are also getting something in return. So it's important to realize that, uh, you know, you're not the bee's knees. You, 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 are, you yeah. are receiving a lot of things in return. So to stay humble, maybe, yeah, and to stay modest. Like, like when you're dating, guys, if you don't want to like just one person to give every single thing right yeah, it has yeah. to be from coming from both ways yeah if not there's gonna be a very toxic relationship and you need to break up there <laughs> that's that's the same thing with volunteering that's the same thing with any type of relationship i think in in the world yeah right yeah no that that makes a lot of sense all right so i think that brings us to the end and this is going to be a really long podcast guys but it has a lot of interesting things i mean if you're listening to me now most likely you have got through the end of it so you already know all the interesting things that we talked about and thank you so much tasha thank you so much for taking out the time from your busy schedule i of all the people know how busy you are (laughs) so thank you so much for that and thank you so much for sharing so many great things with all the young people out there hopefully it helps <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure it will help everyone i'm pretty sure it will inspire everyone a lot of things that you've done so far have been really great so i'm sure it's going to be great for all our listeners out there to for this podcast and very informative so thank you so much for that you're welcome and for you guys this podcast was brought to you by Artemis Impact. It's a digital platform that helps you track volunteering hours for yourself. The, if you are an organization, you can all track volunteering hours for your employees or for your volunteers. 
and then take the next step to being able to measure the impact that you are causing as individuals as organizations and it's something we keep on repeating but it's 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 really important to see what yes. we are doing because if you don't know what we are doing we won't be able to understand what went right what went wrong what to do again what not to do again so so follow us on instagram for all the interesting updates from artemis impact team at artemis underscore impact facebook page is artemis impact and our website is www.artemis.im all these links are available in the podcast description and uh, continue being the impact and we will see you next week in the next episode of being the impact thank you so much guys yay thank you